You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Huh? Huh? Little new, uh, huh? little new intro graphic there from our liked it. graphic design team. I like it. Very we nice. took the we took the slogan, the, the alliteration version of the slogan from one of our listeners who said, "We just want one more parade before we pass." That's what we want around here. It's not asking for too much. Okay, it's been since 1991. They checked the playoff game box. They checked the playoff series box. Let's go make it happen, guys. One more parade. Do you guys prefer uh, before I die or pass? Pass. Well, it, was alli- it was alliteration. Yeah. No, I get it. I'm just saying. Before I pass sounds much more depressing. Dying sounds so definitively. I agree. I don't like, know. Do you There's think something passing about... sounds worse than dying. It in my it's brain, not as yes, sexy. it does. It's not as it. it it's yeah. more. It's more. It's more cutthroat. Like death. And like, I pass. And it's like oh, now you're yeah. dead. You're, no, you're you're dead. You're, <laughs> you're, you're, yeah. you're dead. And we can change yeah. it. We can change. I mean, this is open for we have we have an off season to sort of figure out what, how we want to phrase it. Okay. I'm just saying. I'm just saying that past just sounds so. It sounds so wishy washy as to the final result. So, yeah, you, so you passed. Where'd you pass to? Yeah. yeah, what, yeah what are you passing? You, you, you pass. You know, you, you pass, pass out. A lot of you pass things. on. Yeah. You, yeah. So in Judd's obituary, make sure it, it says dead. Like it, it, Judd's yeah. all gonna not pass oh, on. He, he's dead. He's gone. And if I get one. Make sure here's the other thing. If you and get I'm what ser- an obituary, yeah. Well, it depends on where <laughs> it is. is. Those some, things is there start- some doubt. They're expensive. Well, those, those things will start to be you know, really expensive. expensive. I would not yeah. blame Tell anyone for not. Very expensive. I, I I find them to be. I, I think back in the day that they served a great purpose. I don't know they're necessary now, and they're super expensive. Like papers, dude. Pap- I gotta say, man, we because uh, you know when you when your parents die, you have sort of your older parents. You want to make sure that people that knew them work with them because yeah. they read the obituaries right yeah. i was like boy we're keeping y'all in business with my parents dying and putting star tribune mm-hmm. obits out there oh my Holy god the star crap the star tribune but anyway my what i want list how i died i hate obituaries because they never you know passed peacefully or suddenly yeah. uh-uh i want vague. i don't be vague tell past peacefully of and then you list it or if i die suddenly died suddenly in you know a, a horrific accident i want it out there judd choked yeah. on a pork slider at applebee's yeah. or a park oh, tavern no, no. park tavern that, that'd be a park tavern <laughs> while after consuming a, a before i die surly bear after a vicious battle of liver cancer judd passed on with the surly in his hand yes you know, just exactly that's what i want but he maintained his weight for mm-hmm. <laughs> i just i hate... our friends at livia I just I can't stand the fact that so many times uh, or or you know they're like you know that's I how how'd you die yeah, anyway no, I think I, you're right I digress. Hey, so here's what we're gonna do we're gonna we're gonna unveil a new feature here on the Scorner Twin Show I like this it's gonna be called the Scorner Twin Show turns on the hot stove okay we don't have like a sounder or anything we'll we can work on production I'll we'll talk to the sound team okay but we used to have a crackling. 
back in the uh yeah but no one knew what it was bonfire it doesn't yeah bonfire yeah doesn't have the same luster yeah we'll we'll come up with something like firing up a hot stove yeah is there like a yeah like a burner something like that like a burner turning on all right and so what we're gonna do is today on the scorner twin show we're going to explore the Twins' options at a certain position here. And now some of this is reckless speculation in that we don't know if the Twins are going to have interest in certain free agents yet. So we're going to, we're going to put together some options, hypothetical options, and parse them apart. So today's edition of the Scorner Twin Show turns on the hot stove is going to focus on center field options under the premise that Byron Buxton is a bonus. So Byron's on the roster, underwent another surgery for the 25th straight season. We're hoping that he's healthy enough, hoping that he can contribute, right? If he can, awesome. You've got one of the best players in baseball. But I think going into this exercise and going into the season, we're assuming Byron Buxton is a bonus in the outfield. He's a bonus in the lineup. Is that fair? It's very fair. And I hope you're right. Um, if, if you saw Lavelle E. Neal's column in the Star Tribune on Sunday, we're already, it sounds like, but this might be the public face. We're already like sounding optimistic that this, this surgery that, that he had is going to, so, but I just hope, I just hope what you just said is how internally they view things again. Yep. Cause last year it was the same thing, right? Okay. This is finally, this yeah. is the year he's going to, he's going to be healthy, but yes, we're going to ease him in. He's going to DH. He's not really going to face live pitching until like the second to last week in spring training in Fort Myers, but. But he, listen, if you get Byron Buxton back and his knee feels better than it has in six years and he can play outfield, that is a, as Quasi would say, a champagne problem, okay? So I want to give you guys, and we can do this for different, we can have free agency episodes, we can do this for different, different position groups, starting pitching, whatever, but today is center field. I'm going to give you three center field options, and I want you guys to tell me which one you would key in on building this roster for 2024, okay? This doesn't mean that there aren't fourth and fifth and sixth options i'm saying for today's exercise i don't want you to pull a judd which is make up your own answer even though i'm giving you answers well Jack i think it's funny what i'm talking about can i, say I think it's funny that that you said that, that this is a safe space seeing as how the last time i was told i was entering a safe space now I was you're lashing shreds out. by oh, my co-hosts oh god so Stop trying to trade christian derisa okay yeah. yep yep so <laughs> okay i'll just back off here so i'm going to give you three options number one internal austin martin he was a much higher ranked and more highly touted prospect like two and three years ago than he was last year. Mm-hmm. Center field, second base. He's got major speed. He's got a career minor league on base percentage of 388, including 387 at St. Paul last year. So this guy gets on base. If you chose Austin Martin to be sort of your backup option to Byron Buxton or your primary option, a, it would be his Major League debut, so there'd be some questions, right? Like, he's never played Major League Baseball before. But B, you would have a lot more free agency money to spend elsewhere because Austin Martin makes the league minimum. Last year in St. Paul, breakout second half, uh, the power started to come around in July and August. He's not a, he's never going to be a big-time power guy, but he gets on base, takes good at-bats. He's fast. Austin Martin. Option number two, Michael A. Taylor. He's a free agent, but... Obviously, he likes it here based on what he said after the season. Probably would come back for something that doesn't break the bank. He's old, reliable, 32, 33 years old, really good defensive center fielder. Not a great hitter, but hit 21 home runs. He could run into a a pitch and hit it over the fence, right? And then number three, 
is a free agent option. Kevin Kiermeyer, 33 years old. He may have had one of the best, healthiest seasons of his career last year in Toronto. He's had a lot of trouble just staying on the field. He is still one of the best defensive center fielders in the game at age 33. He was second in Major League Baseball in defensive runs saved. Michael A. Taylor was like fifth or sixth. It was a plus 18 run saved for Kiermaier, a plus five for Taylor. There's a sizable gap between as good as Taylor was defensively, Kiermaier's better. Less power than Michael A. Taylor, but Kiermaier strikes out a lot less, which helps you solve a problem, and gets on base a lot more, which helps you solve another problem. He made $9 million last year, probably costs a lot more than Michael A. Taylor on a one- or a two-year deal. And he's a left-handed hitter, which you already have a bunch of left-handed hitters. So those are the three options. Parse them apart. Oh, boy. I want to – let's see. Hot stove warm-up. I am going to, unfortunately, be be incredibly boring here. I'm going to stick with the status quo, and here's why. Um, Michael A. Taylor did a fantastic job. If you – so I understand the question – so this is, let's assume that Buxton is a bonus, but also let's assume that Buxton's going to get an opportunity to prove that he can play back out there, I guess, in center field. Michael A. Taylor will be, will not cost as much as Kiermeyer does. He did a fantastic job. Like he, he is what you want out there as far as he's going to go. He's going to improve your pitching staff. Kiermeyer will too, but Phil, to go back to your point, about how can I maximize my free agent dollars, right? Kiermaier is going to cost more of that pool, I would think, than Taylor is. Austin Martin, in my opinion, should be a guy who you give every chance to win the former Nick Gordon role because he can play multiple spots. So Austin Martin, if he can make the the club out of spring training, awesome, for sure. Um, Perhaps he can occasionally play center field. Perhaps he can occasionally play left. He can play a bunch of different positions, but you're starting with this, a concern, and it's it's spot on that Byron Buxton might crap out again and either A, can't play, or B, has to DH again, um, which is a whole different discussion. My point being, I think going with Martin would, would be a little bit Hottie as far as, oh, we'll be fine with him. Well, we've seen that story before, and you're not necessarily. It doesn't mean he can't play. It does mean that if you make him the center fielder in week two of April, you could be asking for problems. I don't want to pay what Kiermaier costs. I try and come to a reasonable agreement with Michael A. Taylor and bring him back because he proved that he is just, he is an excellent fit for what you want out there, which is a guy who who brings defense that is at least comparable to Buxton as opposed to let's try Jake Cave out there. Dex. I'm going to stick with Judd here. I don't really think it makes a ton of sense from them with them having up against, you know, salary problems to go out and find a different replacement for center field when it's not a problem. Michael A. Taylor was a pretty good player for you. Strikes out a ton, but good pop and really good defense and stays on the field. And that's all I can really ask for from a center fielder. If Austin Martin, if there's like a hidden gem in here, great. I think I, I think I'm also aligned with Judd. It's probably more of maybe he's like just your super utility guy. Um, and Kiermaier was able to stay healthy last year. He still proved he's a really good center fielder, but he's also 33 going on 34 years old. I'd rather take my chances with guys like Michael A. Taylor and the internal option of Austin Martin uh, before going out and replacing it with Kevin Kiermaier. 
So one thing Dex said was that center field is not a problem. And I would I would poke a little and say the biggest problem for the Twins offensively was striking out and just not putting the ball in play. Now, the Twins front office seems to feel differently. They seem to think it's – I think they've gone past the point of, hey, strikeouts aren't the biggest deal and people overreact to them. It's like, well, if you set the major league record for them and some of the teams that are advancing later in the playoffs were like way further down that list, if not – some of the teams that struck out the fewest. I think th- there's some room there for your offense to get better by just extracting some of the big strikeout bats out of your lineup. Gallo's gone. He was the biggest culprit. The second biggest strikeout culprit in terms of percentage of plate appearances that ended in a strikeout was Michael A. Taylor. And he also had one of the lowest on-base percentages, maybe even the lowest. It's like in the mix for one of the lowest on-base percentages of any regular everyday player in baseball. So... God, if you if you can replace those at bats, and I get that he hit some home runs, but keeping the chains moving and keeping guys on base and avoiding striking out to me is a valuable thing to seek this offseason. So if you can this is where I'm torn. I think if Austin Martin were to play center field for a full season, I don't man, this might be a take that people throw back at me, but I don't know that you would lose that much to like a 33-year-old Michael A. Taylor in 2024, like defensively, I'm saying. The question is, can he come up here and hit? Julian came up right away and hit. He's not going to hit like Julian because he doesn't have the power that Julian has. But could I get away with, with Austin Martin playing defense in center field, getting on base enough? He's a right-handed hitter, and then I can use that money to go make sure I've got a number two starter. Maybe I've got another right-handed bat coming in, first base or whatever. This is what's tough. Like, Austin Martin helps you the most strategically because he makes less money and you can use it somewhere else. Kiermaier's the best player of all these three, but he's a left-handed hitter too, and he would prevent you from maybe spending money elsewhere. I'd like to move off Michael A. Taylor if given these other options, but it's really hard. So here's what I will say. I would go for Kiermaier because he's the best player and then figure out, can I get another right-handed bat in here somewhere? I would figure that stuff out with my second and third moves. Now, to your point about um, the, the fact that Kiermaier with the Blue Jays had a healthy season, he does have injury history as well, right? I mean, Michael A. Taylor does too. I'm just so, saying. I'm just saying Taylor is the. Um, if you're choosing between those two players, Taylor is not going to be as expensive. And the other thing, though, is is if you go with Martin and Buxton can't play, and you're wrong, you just weakened your entire pitching staff. I agree. Like, so like that's, you're why, taking, that's why I chose Kiermaier. <laughs> yeah, no, but, but I'm, I'm saying Dude, I just have, don't you'd think... You'd have the best defensive center fielder in the American League, and you'd have the best defensive shortstop or one of them. You'd have yeah. crazy I up think the Taylor, middle defense. I think Taylor is a very, very um, acceptable meeting point between those two. And then, you know, and again, if Buxton... The, the real question is, I'd love to know internally, what's their expectation there? Like, do they think he can go out starting in spring training and play out, out there? Are they are they like, we are pulling the wool over the eyes of these fans because he's not yeah. going to? Like, that's the thing we don't know. Because if, if you're going to, if you are going to say, you know what, Buxton, uh, I just, we've got no clue. That does change my opinion of what I might do. But if we're going to go with the 2023 plan, at least go, going in, um, I think I go for Taylor because it's not going to cost me as much. Yeah. 
and we we do this a lot in baseball where you like put guys at positions and say where are they serving their purpose like you know is a classic first baseman with good pop his gloves a little bad but you know he hits fifth in your lineup and hits 30 home runs and slugs really hard and you can that's like really ask for right center field is he batting ninth is he playing above average defense and is there some other thing that he can add that's that's decent which for michael a taylor it's pop so can you take the lumps with strikeouts and low obp if you're batting him ninth and he's playing exceptional defense and he has a little bit of pop in his bat i think that's kind of where i'm aligned with this and that's why i don't really think it's worth exploring getting rid of him this is tom bernard can't get enough of sports talk with phil Mackey and judd zolgad tune in to the new tom bernard show podcast monday through friday as phil and judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind just download the tom bernard show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit tom show.com it's another way to get more from me and judd talking sports and having fun with tom and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. I just looked this up on the OBP front. So he didn't qualify for the batting title. Among hitters that did qualify for the batting title, only one had a lower on base percentage, and it was Javier Baez. How, how far oh, that wow. guy's fallen yeah. in the last few years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He had a 267 OBP to Michael A. Taylor's 278. So like it doesn't the pop doesn't make up for that. He is a liability in your lineup. And so it would be nice to replace that putrid on base percentage with someone who gets on base and keeps the chains moving. But none of these options are perfect. You know, if Kiermeyer was right-handed, he would actually be perfect because he's just a better version of Michael A. Taylor. Yeah, you know what I think I'm go- going to, to do, except the fact that the purge of uh, Joseph Gallo helps me a lot. It and does. put up yep. with Taylor. Okay. These two guys, they actually both of them in the lineup a lot at the same time. Oh, my God. Yeah. We're just looking for small steps here. Small steps. Okay. So, yeah, let us know in the YouTube comment section. We're going to we're gonna play this game probably once a week minimum, maybe twice a week, uh, between now and, like, the winter meeting. So let us know between those three options, Austin Martin, staying with Michael A. Taylor, or Kevin Kiermeyer, which would you look to put out there in center field? Kiermeyer, if I'm not mistaken, dead ringer for Kirk Cousins. He does look a little bit like Kirk Cousins. I've seen the comparison drawn between him and Kirk before. Yeah, hmm. I think so. I think a little bit, a little bit more reckless on the field than Kirk Cousins. Oh yeah, like Kiermaier. Yeah, no, he's re- he's good. Put his body on the line. He's a hell of a player. Now Cousins puts his body on the line by just sort of standing in the pocket. I was going to destroy. I was going to say, Kirk. You know, come on, Kirk. Kirk puts his body on the line a lot. Gets hit a lot. Ugh, ow. You know, don't put your body on the line by trying to fix your deck or build a deck without mm-hmm. the proper assistance and guidance from our friends at Ugly Deck. That is very well put because UglyDeck.com, look at that deck right there. Look at that deck. Look how happy they are. That's because UglyDeck.com offering a Reserve My Deck package now special for the DIYer wants to build a deck in the spring. And most importantly, save huge bucks this is for this is only for a limited amount of customers who reserve their deck package now uglydeck.com is offering up to one thousand dollars off a full deck package plus locked in 2023 pricing uglydeck.com will then deliver your deck package to your driveway by may 1st of 2024 and guess what you're going to save as much as ten thousand dollars that's right ten grand on your deck build Remember, with Ugly Deck, you get free plans, a free coach. It's an Ugly Deck. It's like a a position coach. So like a position coach is going to help you access to their online deck build academy, and they will install your footings and ledger. You do the rest and save. UglyDeck.com. Click on the Reserve My Deck Package Now button. 
uglydeck.com, which really gives you a beautiful deck. Yeah. Hey, we saw a lot of hail this summer. Uh, I remember at least three hailstorms. One that had, I don't know if it was baseball-sized hail, but for sure golf balls were sitting out front of our, our patio door. So if you had hail damage and you have an approved claim, hire a pro is here to help you earn a profit on your hail claim, okay? So roofers, like traditional roofers, kind of hate these guys because they show you everything a roofer can't, which is the expenses and profit on your job. Roofers do this sort of behind the scenes, right? They know what materials to order, the crew to hire, how to negotiate with the insurance. Hire a pro takes care of all of this for you so you can earn a profit on a hail claim. Let them sit down with you. Again, if insurance has approved your roof replacement, Give Hire a Pro a call at 651-402-3400. That's 651-402-3400. Or visit HireA.Pro. That's HireA.Pro. All right. I know Dex has to get to um, Purple Daily on draft here. So we'll try to keep this to like a five or six minute immaculate grid. See how well we do with that. Judd's going to hate this third category. There's new categories now, and I think Judd might hate it. Born outside the USA. <laughs> I love you know what? Categories. It's more creative, at least. <laughs> I like the uh, 200 career wins one now too. Like I, they're at, yeah. and Judd, they had the one team on it the other day. Oh yeah, dude, we smoked that one. I saw oh, that. You? I yeah. forgot to send oh, you a screenshot. I we celebrated got like, it. We got like 18 percent on that one. I was yeah, celebrating that. They listened to Judd. Yeah, we did the tw- that was Somebody the one. That, the twins were on the grid, and they had the new categories. I'm oh wow, sure. the twins were on there too. Cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, here's what we're looking to do. We're looking to go nine for nine. That's how we are immaculate here. So we're looking for a brave who was a cardinal, a brave who was a pirate, and a brave who was a mariner. And then we're looking for a cardinal who hit 300 in a season, a pirate who hit 300 in a season, and a mariner who hit 300 in a season. And then we're looking for a cardinal born outside the USA, a pirate born outside the USA, and a mariner born outside the USA. Nice. That's an a FYI lot of options for that. For yeah. this category, players born in U.S. territory, so Puerto Rico, Virgin Islands, are considered to be born outside the U.S. Okay. So they do so still like work. Eddie Rosario. Well, he doesn't because he the Braves aren't part of that that box. But like Rosario was a Puerto Rican, right? Uh, Puerto Rican born, right? Right. So okay, let's put uh, we'll put six minutes on the clock here and see what kind of trouble we can get into. All right. Mm-hmm. The if, if we want former twin farmhand, former gopher between Atlanta and Pittsburgh, Denny Nagel played for both teams. Nagel's a good one. I'm going to write some of these down. Um, Bert Brylevin was not born in the U.S., right? Wasn't he, he born was in Holland? Holland. He was born so in Holland. That's a great one, dude. For, Pirate. for Pirates, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Let's do that. Let's fire that one. Old Bert. Bilo. Golo. Point nine. Point nine. That's beautiful. Hey, for, um, you know, me and my old school, old timey time baseball players. I've been waiting for this one because uh, the most famous baseball card of all time and the most valuable baseball card is Honus Wagner, right? Right. The TTO6 tobacco card. He was a pirate. Mm -hmm. He was a pirate. And uh, he was one of those. I don't know if he ever hit 400, but he was one of those like big time hits guys from back in the day, right? Back this is the before day. they hit home runs, pretty much. Yes, yeah, big uh, <laughs> stolen base batting average guy. 
Mm-hmm. I would bet quite a bit that he hit over 300 in one of his, like, 20 seasons in the big leagues. I'm just throwing that out as an old-school option. Sure. Okay. Another this one. Is... Do you guys remember Craig Wilson, that sort of platoon catcher, okay. like, 20 years ago? I think that guy hit 300 one year, too. Another one that popped in for me, I hadn't played fantasy baseball in, like, 14 years. But I had Marlon Bird, and Marlon Bird had a couple weirdly, absurdly good fantasy baseball seasons because he could do a lot. He could play a lot of different positions. And that would be an incredible 300 pole for Pirate. He, he was a good... Uh, uh, I thought Marlon Bird was, a, was a Philly and a Mariner and a Brave, wasn't he? Wasn't he a Mariner? Played for a bunch of teams. He, he might have played for the Pirates, Cubs. too. Well, I don't remember him playing one. for the Pirates. He but, played, yeah, he played for a bunch of teams. Oh, I don't know. He played for the Pirates. Oh, Adam uh, LaRoche would work for Brave Pirate too. Also, before he went to the Mets, Jason Bay for the Pirates. He was, yeah, he was a Pirates prospect. Yep. Mm-hmm. We got a lot of options here. I wrote down all these, by the way. So Adam LaRoche, Jason Bay, Marlon Bird. I'm pretty. Didn't Marlon Bird play for? Uh, did he play for the Braves in Seattle? Am I wrong on that? Did he play for I, Seattle? He played for like a ton of NL Central teams and the. I don't Rangers. remember him as a Mariner, but Cu- yeah, I remember mm. as a Cub and a Pirate. And mm. I think Texas. Okay, we yeah. got a we got a bin of names there. We can go back to. Um. Okay. Well, the the Cardinal Brave. I was wrong about him MVP, but Terry Pendleton. Terry Pendleton. Well, Bruce, uh, didn't, didn't the closer Bruce Suter play for the Braves at the end? He was a Cubs. Clo- he was. Uh, Cub, he was a Cardinal. I thought he was a Brave too. Just go, right. going going back farther. Um, who else? Did Joe Torre play for the Braves? He played for the Cardinals. Oh, wow, uh, from Atlanta, right? Like he was born in Atlantic. Did but did he he managed them? I'm trying to remember. He oh. he managed the Cardinals too, but he definitely played for the Cardinals. I, did I he hit 300 he... for the Cardinals? Right. So we use Joe Torre. Joe Torre. I don't know that for sure. I mean, he's a very good player. Yeah. He's like an All Star, wasn't he? Yeah, he was really. Yeah, good. he was really good. He's a really good player. Did okay? Did John Mabry hit three hundred? Remember John Mabry? Oh yeah, that uh, he hit yeah. three hundred once for the Cardinals, didn't he? I don't know if he that. did. That's a great poll. I'm going to write him. When, down when, when, we when have a lot of there? names here. We just uh, M A B R Y in Ray what, Lankford, two thousand M A B R Y. Oh Ray Lankford, yeah Bernard Gilkey. Oh God, I love. I uh, how long did he play? Yep, no, you're okay. How ninety-four to two thousand seven? John Mabry. I'm not super confident. I think we should go last on that square. Oh, you're not covering Okay. Okay. I'm pretty sure he hit 300, but like. Okay. Who who do we want from born outside the U.S. for the Cardinals, which they've had a ton of, obviously. I mean, literally, the, if you can just name like a backup Andres player. Andres Galarraga played for, went through St. Louis after he was in, uh, before he was in Colorado, right? And before he was in, after Montreal. Mm-hmm. Um, Let's use him. Big Cat, Andres yep. Galarraga. Andres, because this is going to be such a spread out. We're going to get good percentages on pretty much all of these. Yeah. Where we would fail is if we use, like, what was that, point one? Point one. Oh, yep. my God. Where we'd fail, because there's so many options. Right. Don't use Roberto Clemente on the Pirates. It's like, yeah. that's how you would fail this. Okay, Mariner born outside the U.S. Um, was Jose Cano. Cruz born outside? Robinson Cano. That's a popular uh, one. Beltre's popular. Nelson Cruz popular. The closer when Ichiro was there. Uh, uh, so, uh Kasazaki. Yeah, right? Kasazaki, right? I don't know, oh, okay. Really, I think K-A-Z. Right? K-A-Z. And then uh, S. Well, space. This guy, right? Or just... Kashio Sazaki? 
You only played for three years. You Can you just type in Sasaki and just see what the options are? Is that it? I think so. He was, old, he was older, right? Yeah. Cass Sasaki. Yeah, screw yep. it. Just be him. Come on now. Four. Ah, four. Four. That's okay. That's okay. But we could. Right, right. There's. But there's got to be like. You know. Oh yeah. There's tons. No question. Yeah. Right. I kind of blew that one, but that's fine. It was a All good right, one. I was. I was long. Okay. Um. Okay. We're trying to go low here. That's why we're. Did Ralphio Bill, Billiard play for the Braves and? Yes, Mariners he did. Bill? He played for the Mariners. Braves. Did he play for the Mariners? I. I. I, don't I might be wrong. Played for the Mariners. I don't trust that. Let's go back to our bin of names here. Like, how likely is Denny Nagel to pop up for Pirates and Braves? I think he'd be very rare. I mean, that's a 90s guy. Can we do it? Let's Denny Nagel. It. We got to check off some boxes. Sure. We got, you got other stuff to record, too. I'll sit here all day. Yep. 3%. 3%. Okay. Yep. Okay. Uh, Shelby Miller. Yep. Oh, that's a Braves. Cardinals Braves. Cardinal. Love it. That's obscure enough, isn't it? I think oh, God, so. Yeah. Under five yeah, percent. Be... Under five percent. Yeah, three. Three percent. There we go. Nice. No wrong. Kind of yeah. Um. <laughs> well. Okay. I propose two old school names again to you guys to let me know for the three hundred average. So I've got John Mabry on a on a maybe. Uh, we've Hannes used Wagner's a great one for Pittsburgh. Hannes Wagner, and then for the Cardinal, we've used Rogers Hornsby like four other times on the grid as one of the. He's like one of the old. Uh, Three hundred hitter kind of guys from the a similar era. Yeah, it's good. One. He hit three. He for sure hit three hundred. He's MVP. The question is, how many people are going to use Hannes Wagner and Rogers Hornsby in those? Not many. I think you're fine. Okay. Or do we go for John Mabry and see what happens? No, think, let's not. No, let's, let's, I, let's I use think Hannes Wagner. Sure, I think you got a sure thing. Okay, six. Six per. God dang it. What? That's it's so much higher than that. I think that's that's fine. Clement would uh, be the top one. Andy Van Slyke would have been another one too. Edmonds or Roland? Did they do it? Uh, yeah, probably. Edmonds for sure hit three hundred. That's probably, Here, probably here's right. a question for you. Keith Hernandez, who made his bones with the Mets, started with the Cardinals, bones. was co MVP with Willie Stargell in 1979. But do do people remember Keith Hernandez as a Cardinal? No. I would say no. Well, Cardinals fans might probably do. Stan Musial would work, but that's going to be He's going to be popular. Mm-hmm. He'll be a real popular, won't he? Stan the man. So our options right now are Keith Hernandez, John Mabry, mm-hmm. um, uh, Rogers Hornsby. We also mentioned like Jim Edmonds. Hornsby's going to be, I mean, is 6% that bad? I, I mean, it'd be nice to get one that's, but well, we can like go, all I these. Mean, he's not going to be higher than Hannes. I don't think he's going to be higher than Hannes Wagner, no. is he? I'd try Hornsby. Just try Hornsby. Hornsby's also like a cub. I think he was a White Sox, too. Yeah. Two. Two percent. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah, that's only 8% between those two guys. Uh, Brett Boone. Mm. For Boone. Brave? Nope. Three, for, oh, wasn't uh, he a Brave, too? Might have been. Um. But 300, well, hitter for, 300 hitter for Mariner. Oh, my God. You might be right. I, I think he was a brave. Could you use him for that square? Just trying to think mm. for a second. Was he? Am I wrong on that? Wasn't Brett, didn't Brett Boone play for the Braves? Didn't Declan get that one? Did, Dex, didn't you get that one I, time? Didn't Brett? I think you threw I out think, Brett Boone I think as a brave. Was, yeah. Because yep. I didn't remember it. That's obscure. Let's take a gamble on that. That or uh, 
did uh, R.A. Dickey play for the Braves? Because he played for yeah. Seattle before the played Twins. Played for the Mets, Seattle Mets. I don't remember him as a Brave. I think he, I think you're right. I think he came around with the Braves. So but I'm, I'm a little more confident for whatever reason that Brett Boone played Cause for the Because Declan Braves. got this. We, we've done this before. No. I remember it. I think Brett and Boone. Aaron, Aaron didn't play for the Mariners. Or the mm-hmm. Aaron, Aaron played Reds for Yankees. Yeah, the Reds and Yankees. Did uh, Did Joey Cora ever hit three hundred for the Mariners oh. in the nineties? Oh God, you. Uh, also, John Olerud, Olerud, Jose Cruz Jr. came up and had a a white hot like rookie season once. Did he, he hit three hundred that year? He he and Hal McRae's kids kid came up and both of them were great for like. Two and a half years, mm-hmm. and then bang. Oh, Harold Reynolds? 300? Oh, if he had 300. He was their leadoff guy for years, though. Olerud, I know, would have, because he's he's one of the best. Olerud, Edgar. Edgar's going to be the biggest one. Ed, Edgar's going to be high. And and John Olerud might not be as low as we want. Um, Jay Buhner? Brett Boone, but- Brett Boone, like, won an MVP or close. Yeah. So we know that. We know that option's in there. But I think you're right about the Braves, though. Let's try. Okay, let's try Boone with the Braves and Mariners. Let's do it. One time. One time. I think, I think it's right. Come on. Bang. Yeah. 11. 11 percent. Oh, 11 percent. Oh my God. I thought that'd be low. All right, and then Olerud. Olerud. Yeah, that's gonna be right. We could sit here all day, otherwise. <sighs> Five. There it is. Yeah, 35 rarity strikes. Oh my God. Nice ah. job. Okay, I'm surprised by. Boone for sure. I thought that, and uh, I'm shocked by Boone being eleven percent. I'm I'm also shocked by Kazaki being four percent. That surprised me. Damn. All right. So, all right, boys. Hey, that's a wrap. Scorn our twin show where we're still trying to figure out what exactly our rallying cry is. But for today, it's we just want another parade before we pass. Like, what does it mean? Like, bye, you pass. Oh, you're dead.